Hey, welcome to episode two of the Tunes Podcast. My name's Harold. Uh, glad to have you guys back. Um, as always, you can follow us on social media on Instagram, uh, tunes. that's T-U-N-E-S dot T-O-O-N-S, or on Facebook or Twitter, just search Tunes slash Tunes Podcast, that's T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S Podcast. Uh, yeah, glad to be back. Uh, we got Matt Copeland in the house. What up, girl? What up? <laughs> it's actually Copeland. Oh, what? Yep. I don't <laughs> even know how twist. to say it, guys. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> I was just seeing if she knew how to say her own last name. So <laughs> she nailed it. And good. she's being a real trooper. She's not feeling good right now. She came in. She's being a badass. Yeah, doing my best. Loving <laughs> life with a cough. So I apologize if you guys hear me cough in your ear. So sorry about to, that. We'll have to sanitize that mic one time after she's done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Uh, so we were just talking a little bit before, uh, like before we started here. About that Conor McGregor Mayweather mm-hmm. fight, that was crazy, and you oh had a, my God. and you had an experience about that, right? I did. Um, so my fiance and I are the only two in our apartment complex that we knew that McGregor wasn't necessarily going to win, but we were rooting for him. And our neighbors across the way were like, "Yeah, we ordered the fight. You can just come over. It'll be chill. We made tacos, and anywhere where there's tacos." I'm automatically there. (laughs) So we walked across and it ended up being a little crazier than we planned. And everybody else got really intoxicated except for me and my fiance. And they were getting in our faces, yelling at us, saying that saying that Mayweather's going to win. And I'm like, y'all, you can get in my face all you want, but we're all still broke at the end of the day. Like, they're the ones getting paid. They cashed out. So, and then long story short, like, the cops end up being called, like, three times for a noise complaint. And every single time I was like to the cop, dude, I'm just chilling. I'm just trying to watch this fight. <laughs> it, got, it got to the point where it was the same cop. He was just like, what round is it now? I was just about to ask. What round is it now? Cop? Yeah, it was the same cop. And I was like, what's up, man? Long time no see. So that's nuts. Yeah, but that fight was that was crazy. I, I mean, I I knew it was gonna go that way, but um, you know, McGregor's my my boy. Like I'm always gonna root for yeah. him. So I watched him in his debut. Like I love that guy. So I got you. Yeah, yeah and so that's kind of like right in your wheelhouse. Like I know you're a fan of like MMA and everything, but kind of before we get into that stuff, uh, why don't you tell people like. I mean, you do like photography, you have a YouTube channel, why don't you do a little plug real quick for yourself? (laughs) Well, um, I have ran a photography business since I was 17 years old. It's called Pink Rose Photography. I don't necessarily know why I chose that. I was like, I chose the name when I was 11. And then it (laughs) stuck until I was 17. And then I finally pursued it. And it's very successful. um, And I'm proud to say that because I worked really hard at it. I also got my degree in photography, and uh, on top of doing photography, I also run a YouTube channel, a personal YouTube channel, just my name, Mac, M-A-C, and then Copeland, C-O-P-L-I-N. Search that on YouTube. I do a lot of story times. I do a whole lot of jujitsu videos, like instructional videos, and... Honestly, you can just find anything and everything on my channel. If you just like to hear me tell about stories about my weird life, go check it out. <laughs> go click subscribe and make me smile. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so that's cool. Like, how do you um, how did you kind of get into jujitsu? Is it just something like your friends were into it and then you got into it or did you were you just always interested in it? Well, my dad was a fighter. Um and he was really into boxing and jujitsu. That was before MMA was like the huge thing. And uh, my mom wanted me to be a lady. So she put me in ballet when I was little. And I wanted to do jujitsu so bad. And my dad would teach me jujitsu in the living room while my mom was at work in secret. And I grew up cheerleading, doing ballet, all the stuff that's just not me. And you know, about two years ago, my parents got divorced and it was a sad time. I was, I was angry about it. And I decided to just, I was doing CrossFit at the time and it just wasn't enough for me. I needed, I've always wanted to do jujitsu. It was such an art form to me. Um, I've always seen it as that. And my CrossFit place was right across the street from a jujitsu place. And one day I 
walked to my car from CrossFit and that coach ran out to me and said, I see you looking in our window all the time. Come check us out. Dang. And recruiting. I know, but (laughs) that first place that I started at um, ended up being the best place to start. Um, I learned all of my basics there. Those people are still my family. And jujitsu has honestly saved my life in more ways than I can even count. Um, People think that it makes you aggressive, but honestly, I started out aggressive and I learned to work through my aggression that I had towards my parents' divorce through jujitsu. Yeah, and gotcha. now I'm a way more relaxed person mm-hmm. because of this art form. Yeah. So it truly has changed my life. Yeah, I got you. My, um, it's funny because like my friend Taj, I think he actually like, maybe went to like the same place as you or like uh, has been at the same things as you because mm-hmm. like he knows who you are, like he's aware of you. And he always says kind of the same things. Like, it's not about, like, going out and, like, being aggressive and attacking. It's really about, like, control. Yeah. And so that's pretty cool. Like, I never was someone that, you know, I didn't do karate or jujitsu or anything growing up. And I I was always aware of it. But uh, to hear it from someone that was, like, in it, you know, day to day, it's like, you know, you kind of have one perception of it. And then to actually, like, hear how it is, is is really interesting, like, to get educated about it. And so I like to learn about it. It's pretty cool. And then... Do you think that, you know, kind of your interest in jujitsu and like martial arts that kind of shaped, you know, the things that you gravitated towards? Like, I know you're a huge fan of Dragon Ball Z. Is that kind of where that that's kind of a reach, I guess, but (laughs) that's kind of a reach. But Uh, yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I love my mom, but she had like other plans for me as her only daughter. And she was like, I don't really want you watching that cartoon. It's so violent. And I'm like, but mom, Goku is the shit. Like, <laughs> I have to watch it. And I would watch it secretly in my room. And um, honestly, Vegeta's my favorite. But um, I didn't even really like anime um, growing up because I didn't realize that like, Dragon Ball Z was an anime. And then I grew up and realized like, wow, I need to check out some other animes. So it really like broadened my horizons into this whole other world of like shows. And it's honestly another art form. Like, I don't think anime is just like a regular, um, you know, art that people do with cartooning and stuff like that. Cause I also got um, a minor in studio art. Um, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I'm also an artist and I look at um, Dragon Ball Z and other animes like Naruto, which is another one of my favorites. And I see the fighting style and I see how the artists um, depict the movements through the way anime is drawn. And to me, that's beautiful. So I like to watch it in a different way. I see it in a different yeah. way. And that's that's kind of the cool thing about it is that you know it's just such a different style than like normal cartoons mm-hmm. like you know people say like the cartoons like they're way more expressive yeah and so it's 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 just different you know what i mean like whenever you get into something that's like an anime you're like oh wow like what is when you grow up watching like stuff like cat dog which i mean shout out to cat dog yeah, and shout stuff out to like cat that dog. but <laughs> it's like you know it's just it's so different than you know what you're used to growing up here like i think a lot of it has to do with american culture but Right. When you when you got kind of get to see like you get your introduction. I think Dragon Ball Z is the perfect one for right. people to get introduced on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people saw Z first. Like I didn't see Dragon Ball until after Z. Yeah, same here. And the you know, I watched like obviously I watched Pokemon. Like I still have a ton of my Pokemon cards and you know, I watched Hamtaro. I don't even know if anybody knows what Hamtaro is, but You know, Dragon Ball Z, just like, you know, I saw my dad doing that stuff in real life and I could watch it on TV through a cartoon. Like I'm a little girl. I want to watch a cartoon. I can see what my dad does on TV through a cartoon. Like my dad has always been my biggest hero and I've always been a daddy's girl and I've always looked up to him and just being able to see that is just like, it's awesome to me. That is cool because it kind of takes it to that and that's maybe one of those things that kind of makes it like stay with you. Cause it's, it's so tied to like a memory and to, you know, thinking about your dad, it's like kind of takes it to that next level. Cause it's something that sticks out is okay. Like you attach that to him, you know, mm-hmm. doing martial arts as you like when you were growing up. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of takes it to that next level, which I think is cool. Um, 
I'm going to backtrack a little bit here talking about speaking of Dragon Ball Z. Um, I think I don't know. This is something I just kind of thought of. And I want to ask you this because I see this all the time. <laughs> and I think it is. I kind of want this to be like a recurring thing that I ask guests that are fans of Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. is the the controversy, the uh, Goku versus Superman thing. What oh who do you goodness. think wins in that fight? Do you think it, you know, depends on if that if it's on Earth, if it's in space, like lay out like your scenario for that. Like, who do you think wins that? Um, You know, Superman, we all know Superman's weakness is kryptonite. And um, like other than that, he's virtually invincible. And same thing goes with Goku. But Goku doesn't like have a physical weakness. His weakness is that he sees the good in people. And I think that's a greater weakness than the kryptonite. Oh, man. I really do. Yeah. We're getting deep here with Mac. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But, like, in the first season of Dragon Ball Z, when he had the chance to kill Vegeta after he was done being the ape and everything and Trunks, not Trunks, Trunks came later, um, Krillin was going to go kill him. And he was like, Goku, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah, we gotta take he this just guy tried out. to destroy the world. We have to take him out. Goku was like, no, there's good in him. And I'm like, Which you know, he was right. I mean, yeah, he was there, right. He was right. Vegeta ended up being, honestly, one of my favorite characters, like I said earlier. But, you know, with a physical weakness, you can power through that. We've seen Superman power through that. But with Goku's weakness of his, like, caring too much, when it comes down to saving the world, dude, like, and they're fighting each other, Superman's going to win. Dang. Yeah. Hot takes. That's a piping hot take right here on yeah. this podcast. <laughs> Man, I didn't think you would say that. That's interesting. I think that is a funny thing. I think I want to maybe keep that, like, as a recurring thing. Like, You should. People. I want to hear other people's opinions, let's see, like, let's seriously. Let's hear your hot takes. Yeah. I want to do, yeah, I think that. it'd be interesting to do, like, some of those versus things. Like, who do you think wins between so-and-so? Like, oh, yeah. Like, me and my dad used to do that all the time when, um, because he, he mows lawns. He owns a lawn mowing business. And whenever I was little, I was saving up for a GameCube throwback. And he made me go mow lawns with him every day. He gave me like 20 bucks every day. And every day we would be in the truck and he'd be like, who do you think would win? Blah, 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 blah. And one day he asked me, he said, who do you think would win in a race, The Flash or Superman? Man, and there's that whole episode of that. Yeah, Yeah. and there's even that special edition comic book. And my dad has it. And I was like, I don't know. And we went home and read it. And I think Superman won. I don't remember. Yeah, in the comic, Superman won. Gotcha. So, I think in the show, they end up not finishing the race, right? Because there's like a villain that's yeah. like messing with the weather or something. And then like there was an episode of Smallville a long time ago where they raced and like they just ended up racing and then the episode ended and I'm like, that's oh, the biggest like cliffhanger of, the, yeah. of my life. <laughs> Freaking Smallville. That's crazy. I haven't thought about that show in a long time either. <laughs> Man, that is too funny. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, when it comes to like fighting like that, you have to think about, you know, if the world were ending and we had Goku and we had Superman, I know for sure that Superman would not see the good and the person that's trying to see, like destroy the world. He would just take him out. Mm-hmm. Goku would be like, no, there's good in him. Let's try to change him. No, man. You played yourself, Goku. Yeah. Toughen up. Well, and like he does that, <laughs> like when he doesn't kill Frieza on Namek. Yeah. And it's like, what are you thinking, dog? He's going to come back. Like, And then he blasts him, but apparently, like, you know, he doesn't kill him because then he comes back when they come back to Earth. Yeah. And, so, and then he came back as Golden Frieza. And yeah. I'm like, oh, those movies Jesus. got wild, didn't they? <laughs> they really did. That, that return, though, that is tr- Future Trunks is my favorite character in yes. all of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And I so love him. I remember just like having my mind blown when he got. You know, whenever it was like Goku wasn't there yet. And I was like, what's going to happen? Like, what yeah. are they going to do? I was sitting there. And like, I saw it opening night in the theaters at Tinseltown. I was just like, oh, what's going to happen? And then freaking Trunks just dookies on him. Like, yeah. turns him into cold cuts. Mm-hmm. Trunks is a beast. Fun fact, my tr- my cat's name is Trunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember <laughs> seeing that like on Snapchat all the time. Mm-hmm. He's... He's a dick, so it kind of fits. So. <laughs> well, yeah, because like uh, Kid Trunks, like I can't stand Kid Trunks. Yeah. And it's like, God, you're so annoying. But then Future Trunks is so much He's cooler. He's such a badass. Like, but yeah, it's just interesting. I could 
freaking talk about Dragon Ball Z the entire episode. So we better <laughs> we better move on. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so you mentioned Naruto. Uh, that's actually one that I've been wanting to watch and just haven't oh like goodness. put in the time to watch. It has like a million episodes, right? It truly does. But um, it has such a great storyline that... You know, it doesn't start out like Dragon Ball Z starts out with Goku and like, you know, he's strong. Like you knew in Dragon Ball that he was a different kid. He was a stronger kid. Um, But in Naruto, he starts out as just like this bum ass kid who likes ramen noodles. That's literally it. He goes to school for ninja school. He's the worst in the school. (laughs) Nobody wants to be friends with Naruto, but he just constantly, constantly tries and tries his hardest. And he just perfects everything and just thinks outside the box. And he just constantly wants to prove people wrong. And I feel like more people can relate on Naruto's level than Goku's level because Naruto is kind of like all of us on the He's inside. He's like an everyman. Yeah, we're always trying to prove ourselves. And that's what attracted me to Naruto at first because he started out like, dude, you suck. Like, you're the worst. And then, like, later on in the episodes, like, you see that, like, people low-key look up to him as a leader. Yeah. Because he's the only one that's fearless. He's the only one that has nothing to lose. He's the only one in the show that has no family. Man. So, that's why I like, I think you should watch it, because, like... Yeah, I definitely want to get into it. And that's kind of the... I had talked about... Uh, I talked to Mike about it. Uh, Mike Allen that was on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um that that was the thing I think I was most looking forward to, uh, you know, getting to interview different guests and everything was, you know, maybe the stuff that I was aware of or that I just like hadn't put in the time to watch. Like I was, I'm really interested to like learn the ones that maybe I hadn't heard of. Mm-hmm. And he had a couple I hadn't heard of. I was like, oh, I need to check that out. Or like, it's just interesting to hear other people's preferences. Cause mm-hmm. I always like, you know, I say that I like the basic bitch stuff, like, <laughs> you know, Dragon Ball Z, anything that was on Toonami, like anything that was on. Toonami like, was swim. lit. Yeah. yeah like, so. <laughs> that's like, well, I'm just saying like, that's like the mainstream, like mm-hmm. everybody knows that stuff and yeah. not saying that it's bad, like not taking away from Toonami, but it's just like, there's mm-hmm. so much more to see. Like, and a lot of those are coming, coming back. Like, um, I just saw their. Uh, did they bring? They brought Lupin the Third back on Toonami. They brought. Oh really? Outlaw Star. Um, wow. Which I love. Outlaw Star is one of my favorites. I uh, only watched a couple episodes of that, but I did like it. Yeah, it's 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 really good. I like the. It's almost like a bebop to me. It's it's not quite. A, I mean, it's like space, you know, space themed. Um, That's on my next to watch list. Outlaw Star. No, the Cowboy, Cowboy bebop? bebop. Yeah. That's the one that I'm going to watch next. I'm okay. in the middle of Death Note right now, honestly. Yeah, so. the Netflix one, the new one? Not the next, not the Netflix one, the original okay. like anime series. Gotcha. So. Yeah, I saw the Netflix one was getting a lot of heat right now, but yeah. I'm kind of surprised you haven't seen uh, Cowboy Bebop. You just never like Well, my brother time, told me to watch Death Note first. Oh, gotcha. And I was like, all right. So. Yeah. <laughs> and my right. dad doesn't like anime, and he watched Death Note, and he loved it. Really? So, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I have to check that one out, too. It's like there's all these ones that got on a list for me that I was like going to check out. And then it's like, Oh, I never checked them out. <laughs> Cause it's like, it's hard to like, as an adult, yeah. you're just like, Oh, yeah. I have bills to pay, but I really want to yeah. watch death. Note. I'll just watch it at work. Like pretend like I'm working and oh I'll put God. on anime. <laughs> That's the dream. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I wish I could do that. But <laughs> That is the dream. Like that would be cool. Uh, one of the things that cracked me up that we talked about was uh, you're actually a fan of Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh my god! Like I the love cartoon, Yu-Gi-Oh. yeah. Like the the anime, and so that cracked me up. Like I like I hardly ever meet anyone that watched that or will admit to watching that. Oh my god! Like to no. me, there's two I'm types of people of in the world: people that watch Yu-Gi-Oh and people that lie about watching <laughs> it. Like seriously, like you watch, don't try to front like you didn't watch it. Oh yeah, no, I, I Yu-Gi-Oh was my shit. Like whenever Pokemon, like. Got way too crazy with all the generations and stuff like that. Yu-Gi-Oh! was my shit because, you know, it was a little bit more serious than Pokemon and I was getting older. And, you know, I realized that Yu-Gi-Oh! was some next level shit whenever they were playing for each other's souls. And I was like, oh my God, that's so excessive. Do you really need to play (laughs) for your soul? So extra. Yeah, you're so extra right now. But, you know, a lot more goes into it. There's like a lot of historical... 
um, things in Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, the tie-in to like the pharaohs and like the mm-hmm. Egyptian gods and, and the everything. pyramids and stuff like that. So uh, I thought it was awesome, and I still have my blue eyes, white dragon oh, card. So. I tweeted that. I tweeted a picture of that after the last, like, one of the last episodes of Game of Thrones. Yes, because it was the ice dragon. Mm-hmm. I was like, blue eyes in the house. Because yes. that's the first thing I thought of. And I was like, there's no way I'm the first one that thought of this. And right. Of course, it got leaked. And so people were, I guess, tweeting about it like days before. And I was like, damn it. Oh, damn Every it. time you think you thought of something like, well, I guess I thought I was funny. But yeah, I hate <laughs> that. But like my favorite memory from like the Yu-Gi-Oh era was like I was homeschooled around that time. That was like my middle school time. And a bunch of the kids in the neighborhood, they had Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and we were all super nerds, so we knew how to battle the cards. And I was losing this battle so bad with this kid that lived across the street from me. His name was Scott, so shout out to Scott if you listen to this, because you're my friend on Facebook. And he was winning, and then he was like, oh, what are you going to do now? You're losing. I said, boop. Three blue eyes, white dragons. Three headed blue eyes, white dragon. You're dead. Freaking dookie, on. I want your soul. So <laughs> I want. Your- <laughs> yeah, too bad. That's not how it worked in real life. Yeah, like I felt like it, even though I didn't really do it. But like, it was more of you the satisfaction. His soul. Yeah. yeah, it was more of the satisfaction of like I knew that I beat him. So I was like, <laughs> 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 that was hilarious. So that was your favorite card? Was the blue eyes? Oh yeah. I uh, man, I like summon skull. I liked a lot of different ones. I thought it was cool when you got into like the polymerization, like whenever you could like mix them. Oh yeah, I was like this that is was so cool. the summon skull and red eyes black dragon combo. Oh my god, I was yes. like, that's one thing you unbeatable. couldn't do in Pokemon. Yeah, that that is true. And you're right. Like the the later generations, like I feel bad because like my nephew is into Pokemon, and I think it's awesome because it's that's something we we share. You know, but you don't recognize from different any generations. Of them. Yeah, and it's like he talks about these different ones, like. And they're like an ice cream cone Pokemon now and like a keychain yeah. Pokemon. It's like, okay, well, you guys are obviously <laughs> running, running out, of, out ideas. of ideas. And then like I think that latest iteration or one of the last iterations was um, it was like uh, the inverted version of whatever it was. So like mm-hmm. there was like a, if it was a fire Pokemon, it was an ice type. And oh, the, yeah, I've seen those. The Alola, yeah. I think is what it was called. But mm-hmm. I like... I don't know. I feel like the old people, whenever we were watching Pokemon, they were like, I don't get that. Well, I mean, like, (laughs) I think it's cool, but it's to the point where I don't have the attention span I had when I was little. And I can't learn all of them anymore. Like, I I bought a 3DS and went and bought Pokemon. I think it was Y. And whenever it first came out, and I didn't even know what Pokemon were good. Like, you know, some Pokemon are shitty. I get it. Yeah, like like some Pokemon are <laughs> shitty. Like, what's one that's shitty? Like Eevee, like just a basic Eevee. Like, sh- no, she's kind of shitty. Like, but then there's that one cool Pokemon where it's like a Gyarados, where it's awesome, and you can you can see that, and you automatically know like Eevee is shitty, Gyarados is cool. <laughs> and with the new ones, you're just like, okay, well, will the ice cream yeah, like, cone Pokemon cool? melt? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna go into this battle. With like, I don't know if I'm gonna go into a gun battle with like a toothpick. Like, I yeah. don't know. So I get you because it's not as like defined. Yeah, like yeah. usually with old ones, you're like that one's green. It's a grass type. This <laughs> this one, it's like it's green. I don't know. You could be ground. Yeah. You could be like a haunted type. I don't know. They made new types. <laughs> they did. It's like so. the uh, the. Uh, Ice cream cone Pokemon's weakness is like the sidewalk Pokemon. <laughs> it's like, oh no. That's hilarious. It was super effective. <laughs> like, man, like, it's just funny, like, where it's gotten now. And I feel like it's literally like how it was, like, when we were kids. Like, mm-hmm. we're the adults now. And now my, my nephew likes something that I like, but because it's like different, I'm like, that's stupid. Like, yeah. and I try not to, like, I, I actively try not to be like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, like that is so dumb. Like, and there's like eight hundred thousand Pokemon is. now. Yeah, and it's like, what the H, man? Like, and I remember on like the classic, like my very first Pokemon game was Pokemon. I think it was Leaf Green, and yeah, it was it was Leaf Green, 
And I played it on like my little like advanced with the no light, and I had you to like, like put it in it. the sunlight yeah. to be like, oh my god, there's a Pikachu in the grass. You didn't have the, the luxury of like the external light thing that was. Like oh the- yeah, oh yeah, that was my <laughs> favorite thing. I would play it like underneath my covers, and my mom would think I was sleeping. <laughs> but like in the new one, like in Y or X or whatever. You just automatically get skates and you can just skate around. And I'm like, no, I had to work for that bike. bike. I had to work for that bike in Leaf Green. Like, you guys have it easy. We had to go through like different, three different gyms before we got a bike. I know. That is true. Like, these stupid kids have it easy. (laughs) They do. They really do. (laughs) Yeah. You automatically get skates? No. That's funny. Yeah. I remember seeing like, I remember shitting myself whenever I was like, when you first go to the bike store, because it's like, you know, it's like a billion for a bike. And you're like, yeah. what the hell? How am I going to get that much? But then you don't know that you like get a bike voucher and that's how you, how you right. get the bike. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, but it, you know, like the first time you play through it, you're like, Jesus, I'm going to be walking everywhere. Right. And I was like, I don't need a bike that bad. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> we walking. Right. I'm actually playing through gold right now. Ooh, um, fun. I have it on, uh, on the color, Game Boy Color. Yes. And man, I'm cheating so bad. <laughs> There's like that hack where you can like um, give them an item, give your Pokemon an item mm-hmm. and then you duplicate them and it duplicates the item. Oh, yeah. And so like I duplicated like the rare candies. Oh, my and God. So, like, yes. All my all my mons are like level 99 because uh-huh. like you couldn't even get to 100. No, you but can't. But I have like the most ridiculous, like I have like Entei Suicune and like Raikou and yes. Lugia and Ho-Oh like. They're all legendaries and I ate mm-hmm. like, and then it's funny, like you'll go back in the game and find like one of the like the small trainers that you like never beat. Like you went yeah. around and you just like shit on them. They have like, yeah. they have like a something super weak, like a Dawn fan or something. And you're just like, you're like, what's level up? 99 Lukia <laughs> use hyper beam or like whatever, like move they use. And it's like, yeah. So freaking overkill to the max. What was your starter Pokemon? Like the original three, what was your starter Pokemon? Uh, Charmander. Okay. I always loved yes. Charizard. See, it was either always between Charizard or, not Charizard, uh, Charmander or Squirtle for me. Mm-hmm. And I always went with Squirtle just because, like, low key, I can't swim. And so me I either. always. Really? I can't either. Oh my God, cool. Oh my okay. God. I like, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like scared of water. Like. Yeah. So I always think, like, in real life, if I could choose a Pokemon, I would choose Squirtle so that I wouldn't, wouldn't have, to, have to worry about swimming. Yeah. So, yeah. And the then, type of things you think of when you can't swim. Oh, You're yeah. Like, I and just then, need a Lapras to take me everywhere. Oh, my God. That would be perfect. But well, as for, like, cheats and stuff, just backtracking a little bit, I figured out on my Leaf Green, like, little game that if you, like, go a certain route, it'll bring you to a secret area and you can get Lugia and Leaf Green. And I, Oh, what? Yeah. And I got it. And I was like, I didn't know fuck that. yeah, yeah. You have to like YouTube it. It's Whoa, really complicated, but nuts. I did it, and I have Lugia. Do you ever wonder? Is like, how did people figure this out for the first time? Like, yeah, turn the game off right at this point. Like, what? Oh uh, yeah, it's like people just trying everything to try to like mm-hmm. figure something out. Like, y'all's nuts. They did make. Um, I don't know who exactly made it, but one of my favorite like gamer YouTubers named Yammy Mash. He's in England. He did this game review of this. Um, Dragon Ball Z Pokemon mod and it's literally you're a trainer but you go around and you catch Dragon Ball Z characters what? and you battle the Dragon Ball Z what? characters. Yeah. That's amazing. You can get it on PC. It's awesome. Jeez. It's amazing. That is incredible. <laughs> you can level up your Vegetas and it's just amazing. That's I love nuts. it so much. So check that out. Krill- yeah, Krillin's like Magikarp. Seriously, <laughs> Krillin is. Ma- you know who's Magikarp? Yamcha. Oh Yamcha is Magikarp. No joke. It's like so hard. Yamcha is Magikarp. I saw a, uh, There's that um, picture, that scene where I think it's in the Android Saga, but Yamcha gets blasted and he's yes. like looking up and you see him like the beams going through him. Mm-hmm. But I saw someone photoshopped uh, Magikarp into, into the place. <laughs> so it looks like Magikarp <laughs> shooting a beam through Yamcha. And I'm like, man, if that's not the perfect, like, description of Yamcha, like, swear to God. That's uh, hilarious. Also, like, a bridge, like, Dragon Ball Z abridged. Oh, and they have, like, the fail meter, the fail, like, yes. the fail, like, meter or whatever for Krillin. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> one of my friends, um, I used to work with him actually at this plumbing company I used to work at. Um, his name is Josh. He and I were the only Dragon Ball Z fans in the whole company. And he was like, have you seen a bridge? I was like, no. Dude, it's And he so showed funny. it to me and it just opened <laughs> my eyes to something just beautiful. <laughs> Man, it is so funny. The other thing that killed me that you actually like, I admire your boldness because for someone to come out and say that they like actively like Hamtaro is oh, incredible. Yeah. Like I actually <laughs> low key, like, I tweeted or I put on Facebook or something, the opening theme or the ending theme for Hamtaro. And I was I like, know all the words. name a more <laughs> iconic song. I'll wait, like swear to God. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm just, I've gotten to the point where I don't really care if people make fun of me anymore. Like I was bullied all through elementary school and made fun of in middle school and high school. And now I'm like, you know what? I don't care anymore. Like, yeah, I watched Hamtaro. And yeah, if it was still aired, I would pay for cable and watch Hamtaro. <laughs> but I'm not going to pay for cable because Hamtaro is not airing. So that's true. you just got to be proud of who you are and what you're into. So that's, yeah. And that's the thing. That's the a common theme that has come up. It was like, why that was like a thing that was considered not cool back then you know what i mean because now it's it's so you know out like everyone there's so many like different animes that are accessible mm-hmm. that it's like un it's almost uncommon for someone not to like at least like one show or like have something that they watch right but back then it's weird like i think i said it to mike i said um talking about manga it's like why is that kid reading that backwards book because you know yeah. it's like it's re you read it the other way. Yeah. He calls it he called it book for lefties, which cracked me up. <laughs> but That's funny. <laughs> it's like it's weird that that, you know, just like the social yeah. and the social spectrum, how that fell, like why was that considered is I think it's it gets it boils down to it's like it's different. It's not what everybody was doing. I think it's just because like also our definition of cool has changed. Um back then when we were younger um, it was cool to like be into sports, be into things everybody else was into. Like, what soccer team were you going to be on? Or are you on the same team as your, uh, were you on the same YMCA team as your best friend? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And like, it was just so taboo, like to be into anything different. Like this one girl, <coughs> excuse me, this one girl who I went to elementary school with, she loved horses, but it was not cool to like horses in my school. So she just kept it to herself. But now that we're older, it's like, why are we hiding what we like, what we're into, what makes us us? We yeah. shouldn't do that. It's like you just, you just, now it's like you just like what you like. Yeah. Like for the longest time, I kept it hidden that like I, between me and my dad, because we collect comic books, I've never told anybody that. This is the first public thing I've ever know, said about yeah, that. I guess I didn't yeah. know that. Never publicly, never publicly said anything about my comic books until right now in this moment. But you heard it here first on the tunes. Heard podcast. it here first between <laughs> me and my dad. We have three thousand comic books collected from Jeez, the sixties. What? Yeah. yeah, on some throwbacks, too. right? And and like I love Spider Man personally. So my most of mine are Spider Man, but my dad has a lot of Superman and. Batman and even just some random ones like Poison Ivy and he nice. has the first edition of the Ninja Turtles. Wow. That he bought awesome. it when he was like I want to say 10 like or 11. Yeah. Wow. So he still has it. There's things that like I think man if I had had the foresight to keep hang on to that. Mhm. Like all my Pokemon cards like I don't know where they are. Like I I've restarted my collection of Pokemon cards. Oh cool. And so every now like every now and again if I like see something like vintage stock or something one off that's mm-hmm. like ah, like I need that like for that edition of whatever like if I'm collecting I still a certain have edition. All of mine in three binders. Yeah, I have like one. I only have one binder right now, but mm-hmm. it's just funny cuz like when you're a kid you're like, "Yeah, this is cool." And then like you start to grow up and Enough people tell you that it's not cool that you like convince yourself like, man, maybe I should get rid of this. I think that's what happened to me. And then like later on you find out. Yeah. But then my favorite thing that I recently found out is um, some of them are worth $3,000. So crazy. And they're not even 
a, a popular one. I have a Charmeleon card, just like a first edition Charmeleon card, and it's worth like at least $2,500. Jeez. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm saving this for later when it's worth more. Yeah, no joke. And it's vintage, so. That's going to be crazy. Yeah, you like send your kids to college. Yeah, yeah, we sold our Charmeleon card. Like, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Four years of tuition. You're out of college debt because of Charmeleon. Thank yeah. him. He's an American <laughs> hero. <laughs> He's the hero we didn't deserve, but we had. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> like, three of my Pokemon cards paid my bills, so <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> and that was funny in the in the uh, the show, Pokemon. Charmeleon was kind of a dick, though. Yeah. Like, Charmander was, like, nice. Like, he, you know, Ash saved him. Mm-hmm. And then he, he evolves and gets all, like, cocky, I guess. Yeah. Like, shithead. Like, and then in the Pokemon movie, Charizard, like, was no help at all. Yeah. Like, thanks, man. Bitch ass. I know. <laughs> uh, so kind of along those same lines, like, I think it's, you know, the things that aren't, like, cool or whatever. The other thing that people will, like, always shit on you about is, like, your taste in music. Mm-hmm. And Loki, like the things you told me that you were into, like music wise, I was like kind of surprised. I was like, she listens People to country. Are. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> like, like high key a country head over here. Like what? Oh yeah, I did not know that. So like, is that something? Does that come from like your parents or? Yeah, where does that honestly, come from? um, you know, my dad again talking about my dad. Um, he made me grow up on a whole bunch of like Toby Keith and Tim McGraw and my mom, even she's Jamaican, like straight up Jamaican. And she, yeah, we listened to a ton of reggae and, um, cause her dad was the one that signed Bob Marley originally. What? Yeah. And so we listened to a ton of reggae, but you know, country was always in the household cause you know, my mom is a little bit of Jamaica that I have in Oklahoma, but you know, I'm in Oklahoma primarily so country music is big here. Oh, yeah. And that's just kind of what I grew up on, that's, honestly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I live in Yukon, so you don't have to tell me. Yep. <laughs> the birthplace of Garth Brooks. Yep. And I'm like, it's funny because I am the opposite of what you would think of a country person. Like, right. I am so not a country person that it's like almost comical that yeah. I live in Yukon and it's like. I'm driving my little Hyundai between like all these big ass trucks. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't fit in, but I love Yukon. I love living in Yukon. I thought the Yukon district. I'm trying to make it cool like yeah. the plaza. I, I've been to Yukon a couple times and um, my maid of honor actually, she lives in Yukon. So oh, okay. she's like a mom of, 1800 kids jesus not literally she has like eight of them but (laughs) trying to start a football team (laughs) right like i told her past four kids you have a team (laughs) (laughs) you don't have a family you have a team and you might as well get jerseys yeah so like a tour bus yeah team colors it's needed (laughs) get to 10 kids you need a theme song it's just one of those things that needs to happen (laughs) so the other thing we're talking about as far as like uh taste in music uh you know, you said 80s rock and pop. Does that kind of go back to like your parents? Like, I think it, like a lot of the things that my mom like listened to, she liked Phil Collins and I like Phil Collins. I fucking love So I Phil think it's Collins. like this. <laughs> I think, and it's like, that's another one that I kind of get shit for sometimes because people are like, Phil Collins. No, like, I will jam to yeah, in the air tonight mean? all day, every no. day. <laughs> and so it's like one of those things, like the things you grow up listening to are like what shape you. Mm-hmm. Like I still think about my brother listening my oldest brother listening to like uh, like the Sunday night slow jams. And I think of mm-hmm. like, you know, Joe, I want to know, like all those songs stick out to yes. me. I'm like, man, like and he, it's funny, like how music like that, you, you hear it and it like almost takes you back to a place like I can remember, you know, my mom making dinner or whatever, like in that song being on. Like, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Do you have like any anything like that, that you think of, like some songs that maybe your parents listen to that like as soon as you hear like, man, like I remember that. Um, one song in particular, uh, it was that song. I want to know what love is. Yeah. Um, and oh my God, I can't remember. I don't remember the other one, but, um, uh, I just lost my train of thought. That's okay. I want to know what love is. That's what I was talking about. Okay. My mom (laughs) used to work for the cat back in the day. And so, yeah, I was just chilling on the radio station. They played throwbacks all the time. And that was my favorite one that she used to play. So that's 
that kind of like sparked my love of 80s. And also, you know, I was born in 93. I was too young for like Nirvana at the time. And um, my mom, honestly, when I was younger, she made me listen to a whole bunch of Christian music. So I wanted to go back. Shout out to Amy Grant. (laughs) Yeah, I love Amy Grant. (laughs) (laughs) And like Stephen Curtis Chapman back in the day. (laughs) But um, it made me want to go back and like, I want to listen to songs that, you know, are secular and um, that I don't have to necessarily like worship Jesus to. I want to do some sin in here. I I really want to sin today. You know, like it's a Thursday (laughs) in the afternoon. It's a good day for sinning. So, (laughs) so, but yeah, I just really wanted to, you know, branch out of the Christian music a little bit and listen to the eighties because I honestly like that sound a lot better than the nineties, but I'm sure if I grew up through the 90s, like was born in like 88 and got to grow up through the 90s, I'm sure I'd be different. Yeah, your perception. Yeah. It really shapes Mm -hmm. your preferences. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Like I I totally get that. That's cool. Your mom worked at the radio station. That's. Yeah, she's cool. (laughs) (laughs) She's a cool girl. That's awesome. The the other thing that cracked me up was a Fallout Boy, an un uh, an unashamed Fallout Boy fan. I, am not I think ashamed. everybody liked Fallout Boy like when they first came out. Like I remember being in ninth or tenth grade and Fallout Boy coming out, and mm. I was like, man, okay, these guys are kind of like because it kind of came out at the same time as like My Chemical Romance and mm-hmm. around like the time of like those angsty like. I was those, very angsty. Yeah, like those emo <laughs> bands, and you're like, oh, man, these guys are kind of, like, these guys are good. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to them the same time as, like, I listened to, like, The Used or, like I said, yes. My Chemical Romance or mm-hmm. anybody like that. But can we just, like, take a moment and, like, sit in the beauty that is Black Parade? <laughs> Like that, I love that. I know that's like really basic bitchy of me to like love that song, but it's such a powerful song. And I will, anytime I'm on shuffle and I, that song comes on, I hear the first like couple keys of the piano. I'm like, iconic. We're all a young boy and we're living in the city and we want to go see a marching band. But yeah, Fall Out Boy um, has honestly been my shit. That's my, that's still my favorite band. Out of everything that I listen to, I still out Fall Out Boy. Like, their old stuff, their new stuff, everything they do is pure, and I love it. They're flawless. Like, if you guys ever listen to this, I love you, Fall Out Boy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess I'll pose the question, uh, if you had to pick between Pete Wentz or Patrick Stump, which way do you go? Um, Definitely Patrick Stump. Hey, okay, wow. Yeah. People, huh. <laughs> a lot of my friends were really into Pete Wentz, but I was never into the whole like guy liner thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, he's his makeup's tr- better than yours. Like, damn, right? Like, he's an attractive dude, but you know, he was just he didn't have the vocals, and like the vocals is what really like attracted me to Patrick Patrick Stump. Like, I loved him. Uh, yeah, low key, like golden voice. Like, what? Yeah, and There's all of like their that, lyrics yeah. are just. And they recently, like a couple years ago, did a song with Elton John called Save Rock and Roll. I didn't even know that. Oh, my God. You have to listen to it. It's beautiful. It has such a great message. And that's what people don't get about Fall Out Boy. Like, they just hear their old stuff, and it's like angsty teen noise. But now their stuff is like, it's, it's deep. Like, you listen to their Save Rock and Roll album, which I have on vinyl because I collect vinyl. What? Yeah, it's... It's just beautiful. I love it so much. That's cool. How long have you been collecting vinyls? Like, is it is that something like you started doing because you like Fall Out Boy and that was like another thing um, you could like maybe get into them with? Or is it just like, it did just, your parents collect vinyls or what? It just kind of goes back to the whole country music thing. Um, my very first record was a Randy Travis record. Okay. And um, I didn't have anything to listen, on, to listen with it. And then my uncle... My dad's oldest brother, my uncle Dan, he passed and he left me his turntables, like this big like sound system with it also. And it's like so classic, like you got to like pick up the little needle, put it on there. Like it doesn't do it by itself, like the newer ones. Yeah, the new ones are like automatic. It's like slowly pick it up, put the needle on it. And um, I was just showing my fiance the other day because I have a little one that I bought from Vintage Stock. 
And when I showed him how to use it, he was just so fascinated because he he's a musician. He um like I can sing and he plays instruments. He is an amazing saxophone player. So oh, getting to hear dang. like the crackling of the vinyl on it's just, there's nothing more pure. Like I know I sound like a super hipster right now. <laughs> It's but, just the best way to listen to music. Like, uh, it's just like the best way to listen to music. So I only listen on vinyl. So <laughs> I keep my vinyl player in my car. So. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be so inconvenient. <laughs> I'm not that hipster. I did walk around UCO for a semester with no shoes, but hey, I'm not that hipster. Okay. Bringing awareness to... To I nothing. Was I was like, just barefoot because <laughs> my friends were barefoot oh, and gotcha. we were just, just following the trend. Yeah, I was dumb <laughs> and 19. So um, that's funny, man. So kind of along in that, you know, the country music vein, um, we talked about a local artist that you're like a big fan of, Kenny Rich. Yes. OK. I haven't even heard about him. Why don't you talk about a little bit of like how you got into him and like where like did you like hear him like at a some random show or what happened? Well, um. A local ring announcer. His name's Gerald Whalen. Um, he's one of my he's one of my good friends. Um, he's he's always so willing to help me out with everything. Um, we just kind of help each other out because we're both in the fighting scene. And his he's friends with Kenny, and Kenny is like promoting himself, and he's doing a really good job at it. But he doesn't have a promoter, and he didn't have any professional photos. So Gerald was like, "If you just." help me out and shoot, like do a shoot with Kenny. That would just really mean a lot to me. And I'm Gerald's a friend of mine. And yeah. he was in my documentary that I shot last year called a path less traveled. And he didn't charge me for his time or anything. So I was like, yeah, I'll go meet Kenny. Like, but I want to hear him so that I know that I'm like promoting somebody He's who like I like and I yeah. believe in. So we met at Eddie's Bar and Grill, which shout out to them. They sponsored my documentary. Hey. Yeah. And they catered it. So they catered the premiere. And I met there and we got um, half off wings on Wednesdays. Go to Eddie's on Wednesdays. (laughs) (laughs) Subliminal message. Yep. And Kenny just brought out his guitar in the middle of the restaurant and sang me a Chris Young song. And it just blew me away. He's so talented. Um, he plays a bunch downtown at, at some bars and he just has a he has a great sound, great quality of his voice and he's just a nice guy. Like Kenny is he's just one of those genuinely good people. There's nothing shitty about him. Like he's just a nice guy. Yeah. So It's um, like you want it like you're pulling for him. Yeah, like I'm rooting for him. He's been dealt like a shit hand in life and he knows it. We've talked about it, and he's just made the best of it. And that's why I believe in him, and I support his music. He's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome to have, like, stories like that and musicians like that that we can support, like, in the local scene. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk about that a little bit. Like, what's – like, I know you're, like, a photographer and everything, and there's probably, you know, so many more opportunities, like, in other places. What kind of keeps you here in Oklahoma City? What's, like, the thing that endears the city to you? Um – the people make it home, honestly. Um, I've visited a whole bunch of different states and nowhere is as friendly as here. Um, yeah, people talk about how it's boring and there's nothing to do. <laughs> but, you know, you have to see it through an artist's standpoint. Like, since I'm a photographer, I've driven all around the state. It's so beautiful. And I've visited small towns and talked to the locals in that small town there's this one small, like the smallest town ever that I've ever been in, in Luther. And it's literally (laughs) a street with a whole bunch of abandoned buildings. And it's a population of five people and three of them are in a family. Jeez. Yeah. And they're all so nice. They're just friendly. One guy has ran a snow cone stand there for the past 15 years, just because the bus stop sits sits right there. None of the kids live in that area, but they go to that one bus stop because that snow cone stand is there. And, you know, I don't live in that town, but I know the guy. That snow cone stand's been there for 15 years. Like, Jeez. nothing feels more like home than Oklahoma to me. And um, I, have a, I have Oklahoma tattooed on my shoulder. Like, I, I just love the state so much. I, that's, like, one of my favorite things about people that love living here and people that love being here is that, Everything is so like community centric and community first. Like 
Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Like, really, I could ask everybody the same question, and every everybody would say, "It's the community. It's the people. It's all you know." Th- that's the thing that draws me in and keeps me here. Mm-hmm. Is and, you know, and I'm sure they have it in other places like Austin or places that are right. like you know, quote cooler than Oklahoma. But mm-hmm. that, like you said, there's nothing to do here. So it's like the only thing we can do <laughs> is like hang out with each other and love each other. Yeah, like. There's so many different local artists and, and I mean, artists in such a broad spectrum, like there's a guy who opened just a, a beer place and I love beer. So I went there (laughs) and he ended up being like the coolest dude ever. And he made his own beer and it's local beer. Like you can support artists even if they're artists with alcohol, like it's great. And you know, with Kenny, he's local and I just love staying local and supporting people in my town. That's awesome. Because, um, yeah. you know, like, low-key, that's all we got to do here. That's you just true. You settle down here, you raise your kids here, or you grow up and you leave. That's what happens in Oklahoma. And I plan on, like, even if I go and I live somewhere else, maybe, because, I don't know, I'm kind of pocahontas wherever the wind takes me. But (laughs) (laughs) I want to end up here. I want to settle down in Oklahoma. That's I love it here. That's I love the people, and like I'm totally with you. Like I love that, and almost to the point where it's like you know people talk bad about like Oklahoma that are maybe not from here, and like Mm -hmm. I'm like dude, chill. Like if it's so bad, why are you here then? Why don't you leave? Like I have some cousins that live in London, and I went to go visit them, and. They were like, you have such a weird accent. And I'm like, what are you, excuse me, what? You tea drinking people? What do yeah. you mean? I don't have an accent. And, I, and they were like, you say water like water. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, low key we, we do. We don't say water. <laughs> yeah, like we're not just skipping a whole syllable. Excuse you. <laughs> so, that is funny. And they asked me if I'd take a horse to school. Yeah, we yeah we don't have gyms. We just flip tires and fields. Oh yeah. You know, hay bales. Yeah. To work out, you know, carriages everywhere. It's crazy. Still live in teepees. The balls on people that ask you stuff like that. Like, do you think this is still the old West? My guy, like we're not in like own chaps. Like exactly. And we're not in in 1600. Like it's fine. So we're good. I get that all the time though. Like people will like, we went to, um, I went to DC before and people were like, are you from, I guess with like just me specifically, like I don't, like I throw in y'alls every here and like Mm -hmm. now and then, but I think a lot of people here are like me and like, they just sound like normal people. Like people Mm -hmm. would ask if I'm from California, cause I said hella, or people would ask if I was from Chicago. Cause sometimes I would say pop or something like I think I just, I have mm-hmm. enough like flair, like flavor on like my, the way I say things that people yeah. like, couldn't quite place where I was from. But as soon as I dropped in those y'alls, they're like, oh, yep. are you from like Texas or something? <laughs> like like kind of, but like better. Texas is the only place that says y'all. <laughs> kind of, but better. Well, I mean, it's the go-to. You I, know mean, I mean, Oklahoma is better than Texas, yeah. but. Un- undoubtedly. I mean, like pray for Houston, but <gasps> I love Oklahoma. So. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like very high key. Pray for Houston. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I definitely want to touch on um, before we run, run out of time here that uh, the documentary you mm-hmm. actually mentioned it earlier. Um, so it kind of you know ties back into the MMA roots, the the jujitsu. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about kind of the concept, like how you got to, uh, to the place where you decided you were going to make this documentary, and kind of where the idea came from? Oh, um, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Um, so, uh, whenever I was a photography major at UCO, um, same class, <laughs> same class, um, our professor, Mark, he would always comment on my stuff saying like, this is more of a documentary style. And he would give me like C's and I'm like, dude, what documentary <laughs> is not a bad thing. And so I started looking more into that route and you know, I've always watched documentaries because I just found them interesting, but I never imagined myself shooting one until Mark said that, until he said, your work is very documentary-esque. And I was just doing still still photography. I wasn't doing any video at the time. And um, 
you know, I just wanted to shoot a documentary and I was like, I'm around jujitsu all the time. I think it's, it means so much to me. It's such a beautiful art. Like I really want to just document it in my own way. And I started out, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I didn't, he, I didn't even have the right audio equipment. And, um, but I just went for it. I just dove right in. I had the resources. I had the people who were, I had so many people willing to let me just go to their gym and just like, be around them. They were like, even if you don't have your camera, just come check it out. I'm yeah. like, cool. And I've made, I've expanded my horizon in like friendships and different athletes and their different jujitsu styles that way by, by getting to shoot this. And the documentary called a path less traveled, um, is on my YouTube channel and it's centered around five athletes in Oklahoma. Um, two of them were my former coaches, um, Janie Meadows and Seth Norman. Um, one of my best friends, Julia Avila, shoemate. She just recently got married. Oh. Um, and my my current coach now, Kevin Williams, and then one of my other friends, Derek Adkins, who's a local MMA fighter, going back to the local thing. <laughs> and um, they were all just really super participant in it, and they were just so ready. They loved it, and I got to see how much they love it through my camera, through my lens, because it's different by talking to people, for some reason, people are uncomfortable face to face now. But once you, once I put the camera in front of them, once I videoed them, like doing what they're doing and rolling and, you know, sparring with people, they got so comfortable. They relaxed immediately. I always had them work out before I did an interview because that's when they felt the most comfortable. They're kind of in their element. Yeah. And, um, I had a premiere for it. Um, I had it at the library in Oklahoma city. And like I said earlier, Eddie's bar and grilled catered. So go there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) they're great. Their food is fantastic. Um, but yeah, I'm actually working on a secret project right now, which is to be announced, but be on the lookout another documentary coming your way from me so (laughs) so mysterious yep (laughs) so mysterious yeah that's funny man i remember talking to mark about that um just because uh i think you shot that after we because uh mac and i were we went to uco together um was that after smartphone photography yeah and so yeah we took this class (laughs) God, every time I tell such a joke, (laughs) every time I tell people about this class, they're like, what? Yeah. (laughs) So it was this class. um, Guys, we turned in things on Tumblr. Yes. It It was was a joke. (laughs) It was crazy. It was a cool concept. Uh, You know, maybe some of the details of like the the assignments and like how to turn stuff in and Mm -hmm. deadlines and people actually doing the work needed to get ironed out. But it was a really cool concept. Mark Zimmerman, dude's fearless. He coming up is. with stuff like that, like going out there and just mm-hmm. making that class happen was crazy. But so the whole uh, basis behind the class was, um, you know, we have a we have a camera every day, like right in our pocket. Right. And so the concept is, you know, we had all these different photo assignments that we would shoot on our smartphones. Mm-hmm. And so we would, uh, you know, he'd give us an assignment. Like it was, it was laughably easy how some of these assignments were and like how people didn't do them. <laughs> that was the real joke. Like the class itself was actually pretty informative yeah. because, you know, I've never sat down and compared an iPhone to a DSLR camera. I've never done that. Um, but when Mark showed us like a side by side picture of like a Star Wars Lego figure that he took with a phone compared to what he took with his camera. It's just sad how many like local photographers are losing their jobs because they're just teaching their journalists to use exactly. their phones. Yeah. And um, honestly, one of the assignments was to shoot a, like a three-minute documentary yes, on our it. phone. That was like one of our last ones. Yeah, that was my very first ever like real documentary from my phone. And... I just went out and like shot some shots of Piedmont because my grandparents lived out there. So, and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the whole documentary style. That's awesome. And it's interesting that you're kind of heading that way. Like I didn't even realize that because I've talked to Mark since and he was like just so impressed with how you were able to go out and make that whole documentary. Like I don't, 
I'm sure he's told you that like, he, he actually hasn't. You. So really? thank you, Mark. <laughs> I think it, yeah, it's like just one of those things. Like, he always jokes with yeah. me. Like he's like, I haven't watched it yet, but I will. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, jerk. <laughs> like it's only been two years since I've graduated. You could watch it, but no big deal. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, Mark uh, Zimmerman and Jesse Miller, two of my biggest photographer inspirations. Like people look up to Sally Mann and a bunch of, you know, celebrity photographers. Um, I really look up to these two men. Like I would not be the photographer I am without them. Yeah. I didn't take any video classes at UCO and their like teaching was so powerful. It pushed me into something that I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> so they're great. I love them. It was cool. It was, it was a really cool, it was a risk on his part. And you know, they they didn't bring the class back, unfortunately. So um, because so many people were the rare go out ones. And take three pictures. Yeah. Take a picture of the sunrise or the sunset. It was like literally it do was you get either up early or, or do you stay up late? Like you can get a picture of either one. Right. One and of like, them was like, take a picture of textures. And one yeah. girl like turned in a blurry picture of like some tree bark. And Mark was like, <laughs> I guess that's a B minus. Like <laughs> And that's the other thing, it's like hard to grade, I'm sure. It was like because yeah. people are actually trying, and then there's people that are like on the way to class, like, oh, I forgot to do, do this. And honestly, I was one of those people like <laughs> Mark low key, like very passive aggressively <laughs> told me to turn something in. And I remember it because we had like create those Instagrams for yeah, the class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Mark, um, I forgot to turn something in. And Mark sent me a DM on oh. Instagram and was like, it's not that hard to turn it into Tumblr. Dang. Please turn in your photography. And I was Slid like, in the DMs. sorry. <laughs> slid in the dms in the most professional passive aggressive way like <laughs> turn your assignments in <laughs> thank you mark for pushing me to be the better person <laughs> to i am today your- so <laughs> i can't believe my teacher wants me to turn in my work right what the heck i know he asked so much of us <laughs> it's so funny like that class was super fun it's funny that it comes up every time like i still get to go to uco sometimes and like speak in classes like just talking mm-hmm. about social media or you know whatever it is and it's funny that it's that class seems to come up every time <laughs> that I Excuse talk me? to Mark. Yeah. And I think it's like, I don't know, like almost like we like we're like Vietnam, like war buddies. Like I really feel like, like that too. Like I can have like a flashback of like <laughs> tra- like walking to class and forgetting that I needed to take yeah. something with my phone. Like Oh my God. I remember I did. one morning, like I totally forgot about an assignment and I was go. I walked out of my house to go to class without the assignment. So I was like, "Shit!" And I just walked down my street and took pictures of mailboxes, <laughs> different perspectives of the street. <laughs> and I'm sure Mark noticed, but he didn't mention it. So he's the real MVP for that. But he still gave me an A. So. That'll work. Yeah. I think at that point it was probably like, "Man, if some, if you turn something in, you're gonna be all right." Yeah. Like, it think, got to that point. I uh, think I did my little documentary on um, my wife, like crocheting. Oh, I think I did that. I think it was called. Call? It was called like um, end of the hook or something like that. It, yeah, that's what it was. Because yeah. I, I laughed at that. I was yeah. like, that's the best pun. <laughs> I think it was called. It was something corny like that. But I was just like, man, that's funny. <laughs> that was fun. It was a definitely, like you said, it's a different thing because it was. Not necessarily like a video class, but that was just mm-hmm. one of the assignments that he like had thought up. And mm-hmm. it's cool that it translated into you like finding your passion and like being able to go out and make this documentary. And so yeah. that's really cool. Uh, well, thanks for coming out, Mac. Um, why don't you tell everybody uh, real quick, like I know you mentioned earlier, um, why don't you tell them where they can watch your documentary and then also where they can find you like on social media and everything. All right. Well, you can find me on Instagram as Mac loves you. M A C L U V S Y O U. I don't know why I chose that name. I think I was bored. And, (laughs) and my YouTube channel is just my first and last name M A C. And then my last name is Copeland C O P L I N. Don't forget to like and subscribe, please. Cause it's fun for me. And if you don't watch my videos, it low key makes me sad. Um, I also do have a, uh, documentary YouTube channel um, where I put all my documentary work on there. You can check that out. It's just Pink Rose Studios, and it's a different logo for my photography, but same thing. Oh, okay. The photography logo is still on the banner. It's very recognizable. You can watch the documentary there. It's called A Path Less Traveled. Please like it, share it, 
give me your feedback. I want to hear it. So do you have a website for your photography? I do. Um, it is under construction, but you can still go view it. It is um, pinkrosephotography.wordpress.com. Nice. Shout out to WordPress. There you go. Yeah, shout out to WordPress <laughs> for the free website. Uh, and also don't forget uh, to check out uh, Mac's Spotify playlist that she put together for this episode. So that'll be cool. That'll be live whenever this episode airs. And yeah, again, you can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S Podcast. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me.